The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks and content available only to our patrons at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Welcome everybody to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Today is... Monday, July the 24th, I got the date wrong. I guessed at the date then in the introduction, total guesswork. Um, I've been doing okay on that. I've been on a hot streak of getting the date right. Today is, is it yeah, Monday, July the 24th? We're going to handicap games for Tuesday, July the 25th. Easy game. Um, first of all, I will introduce the man who is the reason I get the date right, because I used to make his life miserable by getting the date wrong every day. Uh, Scott Reichel. Scott, how are you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. I have noticed during the editing that you have done a better job of the dates. So I <laughs> thank have you very much. In mind, I'm impressed. Uh, doing pretty well though. Uh, pretty relaxed weekend, and I saw the Yankees actually sweep a team. Now it was one of the worst teams in the league, but you take what you can get. You know, <laughs> I watched some of the Kansas highlights, highlights, lowlights. Man, what a mess they are. Were you a fan Absolutely. of the uh, pitch to first base when nobody was there in the final game? <laughs> that was in there, yeah. It was yeah. just a what not to do. Like, it was a bit of a shambles. So, yeah. Ah, uh, man. And uh, our third host tonight, he's back from his holidays. The uh, the funky wallpaper is gone. Uh, Lonte <laughs> Smith, how you doing? Yeah, man, I'm doing pretty good. Hopefully, we can, uh, hopefully I can bounce back. Had a, had a rough week uh, in, in MLB. So, uh, looking to bounce back this week. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I think we got 11 games on the board, maybe. Uh, 10 or 11 of the 15. Quite a lot of um, pitching um, shenanigans, as per usual. Uh, who has joined us? Captain Sino was first in. Uh, well done. Off the mark. Nice and early case in here as well. Uh, Matthew. Good evening, Matthew. And TVDBJ. Uh, tardy pass for Trev. I mean... Say it quietly, boys. I probably shouldn't say it at all, but I've been going along okay the last couple of days. You know, like, the is the saying something about scared money doesn't make money or something like that? I've heard Sean and Ryan say it a lot. Um, but I did okay on the golf yesterday, and I mentioned when I was talking to Moonaf last night, in true DJ style, um, I let it ride on Baltimore last night, um, and Baltimore did the business. So then I had a little pot and I went back and I watched uh, Newcastle played. I've been all covering all the sports. So I went from the golf to the baseball. Newcastle played. Corners. System played. Newcastle always go over on the corners. That hit nice and early this morning, the Women's World Cup. Uh, unders, low scoring tournament. We've just talked about that. And then back to the baseball tonight, where my first pick of the day was the first five under in the Detroit and San Francisco game. So, quietly, chipping away quite nicely. Brian Harvey started me off. Uh, yesterday on the golf but now the dominoes are falling so I will pro- probably just jinx myself by uh, talking about it but yeah going along okay at the minute so um, interesting slate tomorrow a couple of good series uh, it's been a bit of a mad weekend as well as per usual some trade talk as well we'll mention the names um, as we get to the teams but we can start tomorrow with a 6.40 Eastern first pitch between the LA Angels and the Detroit Tigers uh, Griffin Canning goes for Los Angeles. Erod, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, left-handed pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. Plus 116 for the Angels, minus 125 for Detroit. Total is set at eight and a half. Um, now, I like Canning. I know you weren't hugely keen, Scott, last time we talked about him, but he's pretty reliable, I think might be a good word to use. Six and four on the year with a 4.52 ERA. He's better against the bad teams. Seems like an obvious thing to say, but it's just a fact. Um, his walks and his home runs kind of fluctuate a little bit, so you're not entirely sure what you're getting there. But 425 road ERA, um, you get six innings and he gives up two or three earned runs. So pretty steady cannon. He never looks like he's going to blow up. Um, and he's, he's had some really good starts this year. The Angels are not a good road team. And as we know, notoriously hard to back as well. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez is pitching really well, um, especially at home. He's six and five on the year, two sixty nine ERA. Um, at home, is three and two with a two seventy ERA. Um, the Tigers are going along not bad. Riley Green um, is hitting three thirty three since the All Star break. Spencer Torkelson is heating up. Someone pointed that out in the chat last night. It might have been Case, and I think 
And Detroit won again tonight uh, against San Francisco, who are in a right old slump. But a decent win. I think, I mean, Detroit 6-4 and four in the last 10, so a little bit better from the Tigers. And I just don't really trust the Angels. I'm going to take Erod. I'm going to take Erod's home form. And just the fact that Detroit were in a little bit of a purple patch as well, coupled with the fact that the Angels are a bad roads team. So give me the Tigers, uh, minus 125, please, Scott. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I'll lean to Detroit. I'm also going to lean to the first five under. I'm not the biggest cannon guy, but I recognize what he is. He's a pretty standard number four, number five starter in a given rotation. Like, he's fine. I mean, that's kind of what he is. But I do think what Eduardo's the better pitcher, and Detroit has one two straight. I do think that they are playing better baseball. But then again, that old division, you have teams that have good weeks and bad weeks, and they balance out to around 500. But the Angels are a team that we know is going to also – be in a lot of trade discussions for the next week or two involving Otani. They're probably going to keep him, and it's probably not going to work out long-term. But I do think when you're looking at this matchup here, laying with Detroit isn't fun, but I think it's warranted in this case. I'm going to lay it with Detroit, but I am going to lean to the first five. Even with these wins Detroit have gotten, they're not really doing much offensively. They've just been getting some good pitching performances lately from Fajardo and from uh, Scooball today. I'm going to go with the under in the first five, but I will lean to Detroit to get the job done. Okie dokie, two for Detroit. Lante, team right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't have anything strong, but I lean to the Halos. Uh, I thought they looked good. I mean, they won four or five. All those wins were about two-plus runs. Um, Detroit, you mentioned it, Scott, struggling offensively. Three earned runs or less than three of their last five. Uh, and they have won – they won three of those five games, actually, including today. Um, but they're struggling against righties. Uh, they're hitting 213 uh, against righties in their last 10. Uh, Rodriguez is pitching well. No matter you mentioned it, two earned runs allowed in four of his last five. He's also had exactly seven Ks in his last three starts. Um, but, again – I know you can't help who you face, but he hasn't faced a tough slate of offenses. He faced Kansas City twice, Seattle. Uh, I mean, they play better as of late, but I don't think they're above average offensively. Um, Oakland, the White Sox in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is in a slump. If this was early on in their little streak that they had, then I think I'd look at it differently. But I still think that Erod is a good pitcher. Um, I don't have anything strong. I just lean to the Halos way. Uh just, I mean, they've just been better form lately. I mean, I know school will pitch well today, but outside of him and Erod, I don't think they have much. But I think the Halos can be able to win a close game here. I think it's low scoring, so I like the under also. 6-4 Eastern first pitches, the Baltimore Orioles at the Philadelphia Phillies. Kyle Gibson for Baltimore and Taiwan Walker uh, goes for Philly. Plus 124 for the Orioles, minus 135 for the Phillies and a total of nine and a half for Lunty to tell us about. Yeah, so I'm going to go to the over. Um, both of these teams have been playing pretty much to the over uh, and playing well offensively. Six of their last ten uh, have went over. This is for both teams. Baltimore is an over team on the road. 64 or 63%, I'm sorry, of their games on the road have went over. Uh, as far as the side, I probably just lean to Walker at home. I mean, he's two. He has two earned runs or less in six of his last eight. One earned run or less in five of those. Uh, now he has allowed four plus in two of his last three, but I think he can somewhat mellow out and be somewhat in the middle. I know Baltimore's hitting the ball pretty well, uh, but I think he'll be fine at home. I'm more intrigued by by the over than I am the actual side, though. Especially Gibson's been a bit up and down. He has allowed four plus in uh, four of his last six. A solid amount of contact, seven plus hits in four of his last six also. So I'm thinking about going to the over rather than the side. Uh, Baltimore performs really well on the road, uh, 30 and 18. They won seven of the last 10. Philly on the opposite end lost six of the last 10, but they play better at home. So if I had to pick a side, I'd lean to Philly at home, but I more so play the over uh, in this game, thinking both offenses have some success against the pitchers. I completely agree with you, Lonte. If there's one place at the moment I wouldn't want to back Baltimore, it's with Kyle Gibson on the mound. Uh, Baltimore just keep winning. They've they've cashed as underdogs for me two nights running. But um, yeah, Gibson's the the fly in the ointment here. Um, At the minute, I think he's just eating innings for Baltimore. And because they're doing very well, because they're winning games, because they're top of that division now, they can kind of allow him to keep doing it. Um, I think if things get a bit tighter... Um, Gibson could be a could be a casualty as well, um, but Walker's given up a few runs, four two and four in his last three starts. So yeah, um, 
Gibson will get hit, uh, but Walker can give up a few as well, especially against this high-octane Baltimore offense. So, yeah, over nine and a half was my reading of that one, Scott. I'm a bit on the fence with Walker because he has been very good lately. Last start, he was kind of hit or miss against Milwaukee. He had one bad inning, but Burns was incredible, so he didn't stand a chance anyway. But I do think when you're looking at this game, I'm going to go with Philly first five team total over. Probably two and a half if I had to guess, maybe juiced, but I'd rather just blindly fade Gibson and just ignore Walker entirely. I really don't want to step in front of Baltimore, so I'm not going to do that because offensively they definitely have enough firepower to get to Walker, and I do think he can be in line for a bad start. So I'm going to ignore him. Instead, I'm just going to look at Gibson, who I don't think is very good, and I think that Philly, once again at home, should fare well against him. Give me Philly team total over in the first five. I think Gibson's going to struggle. Yeah, okay. So yeah, all we're all on the same page. I think a lot of the comments um, are with us as well. What you need to do next, however, is uh, do your part in the war against corporate gambling. Sign up for the SGP Patreon. Uh, you get a ton of exclusive content, contests, and merch just for our patrons. There's a monthly SGP Stories podcast, an ad-free, uncensored show, highlighting the best stories from decades of being DGENs. You've got the Discord channel for our patrons. Um, the SGPN Patreon is a great way to score exclusive perks and support SGPN. You need to get to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Okay, third up tonight, 6.40 Eastern first pitch is the Miami Marlins at the Tampa Bay Rays. We have Edward Cabrera for the fish and Tyler Glasner will go for Tampa Bay. Plus 176 on Miami, minus 190 Tampa. Total is at seven and a half. Scott can lead us up. It's one of those annoying scheduling spots where you want to fade both teams in bad form or they're playing against mm. each other, so you got to pick one. Uh, Tampa has been really underwhelming lately, but Miami had lost eight straight. Then they beat the Rockies in a comeback win, which is embarrassing because Colorado's terrible on the road. But for the sake of this matchup, Tampa's going to be laying a decent price because you got, of course, Glass now on the mound against Cabrera, and I think Glass now is a lot better than Cabrera. I feel like the best play I'm going to have here is on the under because I don't trust either offense. The problem is the total's at seven, so I don't feel great about that either. But Tampa's minus 190. Do I want to lay 190? Not really. I don't really see much in this game I actually like because I don't trust either team at the moment. I think if I could find a juice seven and a half, I would take the under on that instead of just taking the seven. But I see a lower scoring game between two offenses that aren't very good. I think Tampa's probably going to win, but I feel like people have been saying that for, for the last couple of weeks and they've lost a lot of money. So I'm just going to go with the under seven and a half and hope for the best because I really don't trust either team right now because both teams can't hit. Uh, there is a seven and a half available at FanDuel, Scott, for you. I'll take it. There you go. Um, and I know that because that is my play as well. Um, yeah, hard. Um, I don't mind Edward Cabrera. His, his one start back was okay. Um, Miami did snap their eight-game losing streak last night. Glasgow was being reliable. So it was a pretty straightforward handicap. You've got two decent SPs uh, against two offences who were struggling a little bit to put it together. So, yeah, the, the seven and a half. Is, it is a small number, uh, but it, it's, it's what I would take here. Um, I'll take the under, the same as Scott Lonte. Yeah, I'm with you guys on the under uh, with both teams struggling. I I would rather play a, a more upside, so I'd take Tampa on the run line. I think it's at plus 103, 104 the last time I saw it. Um, just bigger I variance. Think, I, I think, found 110. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll take that. I just think that, I mean, like you said, I mean, people have been waiting for Tampa to turn it on, and it just hasn't been turned on yet. Uh, but Miami also hasn't been good. Um, they, lo they lost eight of their last 10. Tampa just four of the last five. Tampa's also hitting 222 in their last 10, so that's horrible. Uh, you mentioned Cabrera. Uh, I mean, he hasn't played many good offensive teams either. Um, St. Louis, Seattle, Kansas City, Oakland, uh, the Angels, Colorado, Washington. Washington, I can debate that they're halfway decent offense, but those other clubs, not, nothing really scares me on those. Um Glass now looking better and better each start. Um, two earned runs or less in four of his last five. Seven plus Ks in his last six starts. Definitely want to look at a K prop for him. Um, I mean, both teams struggling. I'd rather have the better team at home um, that's struggling. They still have one of the best home fields in the league, 36 and 17. So I'll take the run line, just more variance. Uh, I think they'll win three to one, uh, four to zero type of game. Okie doke, so it's a run line for Lonte. Next up is 7.05 Eastern 
It is the Colorado Rockies at the Washington Nationals. Left-handed pitcher Austin Gomba for Colorado. And Trevor Williams is back. All right, Trev, haven't handicapped you for a few hours. Uh, he'll go for the Washington Nationals. Plus 124 on Colorado. Minus 135 on Williams and the Nationals with a total of nine and a half. Um, Austin Gomba, eight and eight on the year. Um, 6.18 ERA. Eight wins with a 6.18 ERA. It's quite impressive. But he's been much better lately. Uh, four and one in his last five starts. 3.60 ERA. Has been home a lot. Um, kind of counterintuitive looking at Gomba's numbers. Uh, but his last uh, road start was good and confidence um, will be high. Williams, I feel they do list him every day and then he never pitches. Um, he might actually pitch in this one tomorrow. Uh, five and five on the year. 4.38 ERA. He's occasionally okay. Um, has a home ERA of 4.17. He pitched okay against Colorado in one game this year. Gave up two earned on five and one third. Um, and that's pretty much his his line here. Washington have just come off their first sweep of the season. They swept the Giants. Um, that was first time. The season. That was the first sweep since 2021. No way. That's outrageous. I think it was June 2021 was the last time they had a sweep. How Wait, is that what? possible? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. that can't be. Well, really. I, I saw that. I'm pretty sure it was June, but it was definitely wow. 2021. That's incredible. <laughs> that really is incredible. Well, yeah, incredible I thought I just... remember they had 100 plus losses last year, and suddenly you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's right. They're just a really bad baseball team. Oh, you're about Colorado. They swept. Well, Washington swept, didn't they? When? They swept oh, that the you... Giants. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're talking about, Washington. Sorry, it's just... Giant series, they hadn't swept yes. anybody since 2021. Yeah. It's just when you were saying that with 100 losses, I, I then pivoted to Colorado, but I'm forgetting we've got two dog shit teams playing each other. Yeah. No, um, yeah, I thought my stat was okay, and then you've you've blown it out the water there. Um, so, the Nats, I, I think I say this every night, so they, they can hit left-handed pitching. They're hitting 281 against lefties. I've taken the over here. Um, two poor pitches. Colorado occasionally can put back the ball. Washington are doing a little bit better lately. And like I say, they do quite like it. Hitting the lefty. So I'll take the over nine and a half, uh, but I'm not feeling great about it, Lumpty. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I can't get Washington right on the side, so I'll just stick to betting their overs. They have they hit the ball extremely well um, against San Francisco. Um, they had five-plus earned runs um, each game um, when they swept. They are – I mean, I'm not a big Gumber guy, but he's not bad, though. He, he's not terrible. Two earned runs – allowed in four of his last five he's he has allowed a home run in three straight games so outside of that he's been fine but he's gonna have to get that under control also trevor williams has allowed a home run in four of his last five so that's another reason why i like the over both of these guys get erratic and can't locate their pitches um eight of the last ten have went over for washington and gomber you know he's allowing a ton of contact despite those uh decent numbers with those two earned runs allowed so i mean I like the over, and i much rather have the Washington team total over, thinking that they can get the Gomber, and if they get to the Colorado bullpen, I think they can put up some maroons also. Okay, yeah, that's a nice angle in Lonte. Scott? Yeah, so I actually don't mind Gomber. Uh, he's been pretty decent for the last couple of starts. Uh, to go yeah, through he's his fine. Numbers, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, just... allowed, he's allowed two earned in four of his last five. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's fine. Now, Trevor Williams is kind of the same guy, doesn't exactly go much length, but he's usually giving up around three or so. I'm going to go the other way on the total, though. I, I just feel like nine and a half is too high. Uh, for Colorado on the road, they're a terrible offensive team on the road every year, and McMahon got scratched tonight. So I'm not sure if he's going to play tomorrow. So their lineup might be even worse than normal. I'm going to lean under and just hope that one of these teams doesn't show up offensively. I think both pitchers are fine. They're not as bad as the numbers suggest, especially in Gomber's case, based on recent form. Nine and a half, though, with Colorado on the road, that's a really high total. I'm going to lean to the under. Okay, 7.05 Eastern first pitch. The New York Mets at the New York Yankees. Uh, Justin Verlander for the Mets and Domingo Herman for the pinstripes. Minus 130 on the Mets, plus 116. For the Yankees and a total of eight and a half. Scott, uh, so, interest in this one. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I'm surprised that the Mets are this big of a favorite. I understand Verlander is the better pitcher based on reputation, 
Uh, this year, not so much. Verlander has been bad on the road and good at home. Having said that, I'm sure Delonte can attest to it too. The Yankees never hit Verlander, ever. They just can't do it. They can't do it. They'll have one <laughs> decent showing against them randomly, but for every one good showing, there's about five bad ones. I'm going to lean to the Mets. I actually do like the under in this game. This, tum- this number just feels too high. The Mets offensively have not been great. The Yankees woke up offensively over the weekend against one of the worst pitching staffs in the entire league. I'm not going to overreact to that. Eight and a half, though? That sounds pretty high to me. I don't mind the first five under because Jermon's been good, too. But the Yankees never hit Verlander, ever. Uh, I'll go with the first five under. First five under, then, for Scott. Uh, Lonte, are you on the same page? Yeah, I like the full game under. I'll take it a step further. Um, the you Mets bullpen, I, I can't touch that bullpen. I can't do yeah. it with the Mets. Yeah. I can't do it. I, I mean, they're hitting 193 or 194 in their last 10. And I know the Yankees, uh, you know, they won three straight. But, again, you mentioned it, it, it was Kansas City. Uh, I think the SGPN team can probably go out and win a series against Kansas City. Um but they still lost six of the last ten. Just offensively, just too inconsistent. They got to get Judge back in the lineup. I mean, they're a lot, they're a lot better, obviously. Um, with Judge took a lot of batting practice. Yeah, well, before the game yesterday, he didn't look yeah. good. A couple ground balls against live ball pitching, but at least he saw some live ball pitching. Yeah, uh, the Mets they haven't. They're not really much better either. They've they've lost six of ten. Also, they struggle on the road. Twenty four or twenty three. I'm sorry, and twenty nine. I think it'll be an ugly game. Um, Herman has had nine Ks in three of his last four, but I'm not sure I trust him enough to put my money on him. Um, I just don't trust either offense. I mean, I know you mentioned with Verlander. I mean, he he threw six, only allowing three hits and an earned run and start at home in, in the second matchup against, uh, against us, Scott. And on the road, he has allowed four-plus earned runs in three of his last four. Now, again, I mean, you have to put road in quotation marks. Um, yeah. And he has had some command issues. I watched the start. He, he had like six walks in a game, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of those were early on. Uh, total, he had 10 walks in his last three starts, and that's kind of unusual for him. Um, I'm going to go with the under here, man. I remember as a time as a kid or even as a, as a high schooler, I would look forward to this um, Subway series. But now I could care less. <laughs> Lonte's out. It's not doing anything for Lonte. This, um, this would just look like a 30-second handicap for me. Um, yeah, neither team can hit. Uh, and both pitches are okay. Under eight and a half, it was far too high. Yeah, nail on the head. Um, did see some Verlander trade rumours today. The Giants, possibly. Oh, what the fuck are the Giants going to do with Verlander? Just... Yeah, I heard that too. What, what, why are they going? Like, do they think they're going to make a run or something? Oh, yeah, it makes no sense yet. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. That's by... too two or three young pitchers and work on for a little while. Like, Verlander, and, and w- would they take on that 45 million or what? The whole thing's a bit baffling to me. Um, well, to, to be fair, the Giants did try to spend a lot of money this offseason. They tried to get Correa. They did sign Arson Judge for about a day, but they didn't get it. They did, yeah, that, I remember but, that. You know, the Arson spent, Judge days of spring. They spent a lot of imaginary money without getting anybody, and then they let Rodon walk for free, so they didn't get anything back for him either, which I still don't understand. But They should have kept him. I don't, I don't know if it's a matter of keeping them. They should have just, you know, gotten something back. It's like the Red Sox letting Bogarts walk, and they didn't get anything back in return for him either. But uh, the point is the Giants have a lot of money available, and they don't know what to do with it. A couple of years ago, they traded for Chris Bryant. Why? I don't know. They just got him for a rental, I guess. But, <laughs> yeah, the Giants have a lot of money, and they want to use it on Verlander. But I also don't know for a guy that's older – getting two years, 40-plus million dollars a year, him or Scherzer, basically the same contract. Yeah. What do the Mets have to include in order to offload those contracts? A couple prospects? Yeah, I, would, I would think a Hall of Prospects. They, but it would have at least a, a Hall of Prospects. Because Verlander and Scherzer are on paper, you know, big names, but at this stage in their careers, you got to give up something more than that. But what the hell are they going to do with, with the Giants? Like, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah that, but that's what I didn't understand. Like what do you think? I don't know, man. I know you trade Di Scalfani, and uh, I don't. I don't know what else you do from there. But that's kind of good. just going back to it. I heard the trade rumors for Verlander and Scherzer, and I'm just looking at the contract. Like, yeah, good luck with that. Like, I hope. Look at the odds, though. The, the odds have um, the odds have the Dodgers pretty high for both guys. They're high um, on I, everybody. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I did yeah. see the Giants also up there, and then I was looking at that, like you said, man. I'm like. Why would they do that? And I was reading on some other stuff, and it seems like it's real, though. Like, they're really in contention for it. So, Well, the Dodgers have Monopoly money, and they're still throwing out Grove every five days. 
so it makes sense to actually make a move for one of those guys. The Giants, I don't get because they're the third best team in their division. Arguably second, if you want to argue Dimebacks, you know, hit or miss. But I don't know. Giants have money and they want to spend it, and they're going to potentially waste it. So Dimebacks could use one of those guys. Yeah, absolutely could. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out over the next few days anyway. Uh, 7-10 Eastern, Kansas City Royals at the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, Zach Greinke for Kansas City and Aaron Savale for Cleveland. Plus 180 on the Royals, minus 190 on the Guardians. Total of eight and a half, Lonte. Yeah, so I think this is fairly simple for me. I like Cleveland on the run line. I like the team total over. Uh, Kansas City was dominated by them earlier in the month. Um, they lost three of four, and they were outscored 20 to 11. Cleveland's pretty good at home, 26 and 23. Well, actually, they're 26 and 23 on the run line. Kansas City is 19 and 31 on the run line in away games. Um, Cleveland did cover three of those four wins um, in the previous series. They've also, to their team total, they've also went five-plus runs in four of their last five. Kansas City has allowed five-plus in their last three um, to the Yankees, and that should probably account for double-digit runs if you allow five-plus to the Yankees in three straight games. Um, and, to you know, uh, Cleveland, they, they've been on a, a mission. Six of the last ten, they've uh, they've won and covered the run line. Uh, I mean, Granke, he was lucky in the meeting against Cleveland. I was on Cleveland when they played. He was getting hit around. He allowed 11 hits, and, I mean, they just stranded everybody on base. They only had two earned runs against him. Um he did have five plus earned runs in his last three road starts, and he's allowing seven plus hits in four of his last five starts. Also, a home run in five of seven. So, look at some uh, Cleveland props for home runs, even though they don't hit the long ball as well. Um, Savale's been fine. He pitched seven scoreless innings on two hits in the last meeting. He had nine Ks. I'll also look at some out, total outs props for him. I'm um, thinking that he can probably fan double digits here with Kansas City. Uh, he's also allowed two earned runs or less in his last four. Um, in eight of his last nine. So, yeah, man, I mean, Granky is a fade for me, especially on the road. I like the Cleveland on the run line and like their team total to go over. Uh, Scott? I'm on Cleveland run line as well. Savali's been pretty good, uh, but Granky's been a, a mess. The only thing saving Granky is Jordan Wiles being on the same team, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> you can look at the record that Kansas City has with uh, Granky. I forgot, what are they, 1-18 in 18 now with Wiles? One and nineteen, yeah. One and eighteen. One and eighteen. Yep. One so they're one and eighteen. The Royals have only won th- four of Granky's starts. So to do the math really quickly, uh, what's that? One and five, three and five, three and nine, three and fourteen, four and seventeen. They're four and seventeen in Granky starts. So once again, it's not Jordan Lyles bad, but it's not good. But I do think when you're looking at Granky's numbers, he's got to retire. Like I, I gotta be honest. You're you're looking at his numbers, and they're and they're competing with end of the road Keuchel and end of the road Bumgardner. That is not company you want to be in. Like Granky should retire at this point. It's over. No offense to him. Great career, potential Hall of Famer. You're one in ten. Teams three and teams three or four and seventeen in your games. It's over. Like I gotta go with Cleveland run line here. Hey, if you're gonna keep paying him to trot out there for bad practice, I'll lace up the cleats also and keep collecting my check. Yeah. Um, home Granky's all right. You could just keep him, keep him in the house. And bring yeah, they're him not at home, home, though. That's the problem. Well, that is definitely the problem tomorrow. Yeah, this was it. I looked at this and thought, immediately, Cleveland run line, is there any other reason I can see to not take it before I have to take a bit of a deeper dive? But the answer was no. So I didn't need to take a deeper dive. Uh, and you two have just backed me up there, Cleveland run line team ride. Pretty straightforward. 7-10 Eastern first pitches, the Atlanta Braves and the Boston Red Sox. This is our first off the board game. Uh, Charlie Morton goes for Atlanta, and we don't see a picture for Boston. Um, this is possibly a Brian Bellow situation because he's on the paternity list. This is just uh, this has just dawned on me, just popped into my brain, um, and I don't know if they would list him officially if he hasn't been activated. So that could be it. However, he is officially TBD, and I have seen no lines on this. Um, Scott, did you have much on this at all? For me, it's a, once again, it's tough to handicap without knowing who's pitching for Boston, especially against Atlanta. Atlanta screwed me yesterday because I had them uh, team total over against Tehran, and they went under, but I was undefeated with Bello, and then Oakland killed them. So I don't know what to think about this, potentially, if Bello's going to get the start, but I think I'm going to lean to Atlanta for now, at least, 
Because at least I know who's pitching. It's the biggest cop-out answer imaginable, but I don't know who's pitching for Boston, so I can't pick them. If Bellow's pitching, then I'll take Boston. But without knowing for sure, I got to take Atlanta, if that makes sense. Yeah, think actually, you mentioned in that Bellow against Oakland. That was only Saturday night or something, was it? That was quite recently, I think. That was um, either Saturday or Friday, but he got better. Yeah, so it might not have been. Um, yeah, Boston might not win, um, but I do think they can hit Morton. So I've got nothing else on this game, but I thought a Boston team too, because Boston are going along really nicely. Uh, Boston Riley had that five-game home run streak snapped last night, uh, but Boston look um, more than serviceable at the moment. They've been turning quite a few heads, actually, in the Red Sox. So I think they can take some runs off... Uh, off Morton tomorrow. Even if they don't win, I would take a Boston team total, Lanty. Yeah, I'm probably going to be on the over for the full game. You mentioned Boston. Five-plus runs in three of the last four. I'm not really worried about Atlanta's offense. I'm pretty sure they can hold up their end of the bargain. Um, seven of the last ten for Boston have went over. They're also 28-21. and 28-21-1 and one to the over um, on the season at home. Um, Atlanta's right at 500 on the road. So, I mean, regardless of who pitches, I think both offenses can have some success Some success here. So I think we can get a high-scoring game, maybe 7-6, 7-8, or something like that. Okay. Uh, underdog Fantasy, let me tell you about that. NFL season is right around the corner. That's exciting. Uh, underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and is available in a ton of markets. Plus, loads of opportunities to win their daily MLB contests. And, of course, make sure to end a best ball mania four, where first place gets $1 million. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Uh, harken back to NFL and quarterback. I quite liked um, Patrick Mahomes' little par three that he had in his back garden. I don't know if you've got to that episode yet. He was no, building gotta, his new house. Have you, I gotta get, have you seen I gotta it? No, I got to get to that. Uh, I started it, but I kind of was doing other things, so I need I need to get into that. But um, who's your favorite football team? Do you have a favorite football team? No. One of my things with American sports, Lunt, is because I've got enough shit to deal with supporting bad English teams, so I can't – I don't need more bad teams in my life. Um, yeah, so cool. I, like, I like betting and I like playing fantasy sports with no – I'm unencumbered by all the – baggage that you boys have to drag around and that's one of one of the reasons I feel like I uh, I can I can do it without without having that problem so I try not to everyone people have accused me of being a Mets fan but that's just not true um, yeah I've got no leans to a football team at all like I've been to the London like series a, like a few that's times. A serious insult. People accuse you of being a Mets fan. Like that's, <laughs> that's past a certain line. You're not willing yeah. to You chase you with the uh, like angry villagers. Well, yeah, Newcastle are often seen as like the uh, sort of a New York Mets style team. That if there is a way of fucking it up, we will find it. And do it. <laughs> you excited? Um, you got Champions League coming up. Oh mate, I'm so excited! Yeah, the first the first payments went out my bank for my Champions League tickets last week, nice. and that was like that made it real. Like I was like, oh shit, the money's gone. I'm definitely going. So yeah, I'm just waiting for the draw. The draw's not until the end of August, um, but yeah, I'm excited for that. Scott. Uh, right, what are we talking about? Baseball. Let's have a look. I don't I don't remember now, what part of baseball, but something about. <laughs> well, I don't know. It is. Oh, it's exciting. Seven four Eastern first pitch. The Seattle Mariners, the Minnesota Twins. George Kirby for Seattle and Pablo Lopez for the Twins. It's close on the books, even money. Uh, Seattle and minus 112 for Minnesota. Total of seven and a half or eight. I've seen a couple of different totals. Uh, George Kirby, nine and eight, 323 ERA. Going really well. Uh, he had a bad start against Detroit a couple of outings ago. And we did see Minnesota in his last start, uh, seven innings pitched. Gave up four hits and zero earned runs in that one. Um, Lopez is improving. Five and six, 422 ERA. 3.38 in his last five. Pitched in the same series last week against Seattle. Um, that start was five innings, six hits, two walks, two earned runs. Um, the handicap for this, for me here, I found it really hard to split the two pitches. Looking at the two teams, I think Minnesota are going better. Uh, they're in a better position. They are eight and two 
in their last 10. They've won three in a row. They are 29 and 22 at home. Uh, they have won three series. Uh, sorry, three series sweeps they've had this month. Talking about uh, the Nationals not having one for three years. Uh, the Twins have had three this month. So in a game where the starting pitches are hard to split, I think Minnesota are currently much more trustworthy and a price of minus 112 in what is effectively a match. I'm quite happy with that, Scott. For me, I'm going to go with Seattle on the money line. I'm going to lean first <laughs> It's not a strong opinion. I'm not going to bet it. Truth is, I think these teams are the exact same. They're just average teams that strike out a lot but have a lot of power in their lineup, but they never actually use it. That's kind of the main way I look at both these teams. Shout out to Gallo, by the way, who tried to bunt with two strikes, uh, with uh, two outs in the extra innings over the weekend, which was hilarious, uh, which I still don't fully understand, but it made me laugh. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go with Seattle money line. Simply put, I think Kirby's the better pitcher. I know Pablo Lopez was a an all-star, so was Kirby, but Lopez's home numbers this year are really not good. And it's a tricky spot because both pitchers just faced these offenses about a week ago. So you never know what you're going to expect in the immediate rematch. But I like Kirby more than Lopez, and Lopez has struggled at home this season. It's not a strong lean. It's barely a lean at all. But if you're going to give me even money with the better starting pitcher, I'm going to take it. So I'll lean to Seattle. Okay, so we got one for Minnesota, one for Seattle. Lonte to split the tie. Yeah, I'm with you, Mel. I, I like Minnesota. I mean, it's not a... <laughs> it's not hey, like a... It's not like a great like edge or anything that I have, but like you mentioned, like both you guys mentioned, I think we all can agree that they're pretty much the same team. Like it's just that Minnesota's in better form right now. Yeah. Um. And Lopez, you mentioned it, Scott. He had he hasn't pitched well at home. Got a couple of numbers to back those up. No earned runs versus Kansas City, but seventeen earned runs combined in his previous four starts, and that's at home. Um. Kirby's been really good outside of his one start versus um, Detroit. He, he gave up six. So I'll lean to Minnesota uh, and their team total over. Uh, they've been hitting the ball well, five or more runs in three of the last five. They also went over five runs in three of the last in, – in three of the four um, in the series a week ago that you brought up now. I just think Minnesota's in better form right now. I'll take them um, at home. They're also 40 and 24 as a favorite. So. Okie doke. Uh, LG just joined us in the chat. Uh, good evening, sir. He's um... – Asking about some Women's World Cup stuff, which is a good chance for me to plug the Women's World Cup uh, pick show, which we'll be recording straight after this, uh, if you can join us live. Or, um, by all means, you, you can find it uh, on, on the usual SGP and feeds. Picks for the games Wednesday through to Friday in the Women's World Cup for me and Baz on the Premier League Gambling Podcast. Eight tennis and first pitch is the Texas Rangers at the Houston Astros. Off the board, this one, Texas TBD. I haven't seen a Texas pitcher slated all day. Uh, for this game. JP France will go for Houston, uh, but no lines and Lonte, anything much you can tell us about this? Yeah, not much. I kind of would lean to Houston though. I mean, obviously it depends on who Texas throws, but um, yeah, France, he, he hasn't been, I was high on him coming into the season, but he hasn't been that good. Um, he's been inconsistent, especially at home uh, for the most part. So I'll, I'll lean to, to Houston, but I mean, you know, can't make any, real bits until we see what goes on with the pitcher. I mean, Texas, they they got outscored 31 to 16 versus the Dodgers. So um they they gotta come they gotta come with a little bit of offense. And uh Houston struggled a bit offensively last week against Colorado and um and Oakland. But I think uh I think they may can get it going at home depending on who um Texas throws. Yeah, Texas needed that comeback, I think, last night. It was important. They looked like they were going to get swept by the Dodgers. Came back and won that game 8-4. to four. Um, Yeah, i got nothing on this other than JP France has been excellent. Uh, Houston, Munaf talked about this last night, that Houston do seem to have um, a good record against Texas. Texas have this mild inferiority complex when it comes to playing Astros. And Kyle took us in really well. He's hitting 395 in his last 10 games, if you want to do anything with that. But uh, that's me on this one, Scott. Yeah, for me, I'm going to lean to Houston. Uh, just taking the home team, which should be a close matchup. France, I don't think it's been that bad. His ERA is pretty solid at 3.13. Uh, once again, it's tough without knowing he's going to pitch for Texas, but they kind of got shelled over the weekend. Houston was good against a really bad team. I mean, when you get to play Colorado and Oakland back-to-back, you're supposed to stack up a lot of wins. I'm going to lean to Houston. Could go either way. I don't have a line. I don't know who's pitching for one of the teams, so it's not, once again, going to be a strong opinion. But I'll lean to Houston at home. 
Yeah, I don't think Houston looked good though. Like they didn't look good. No, at not all. really. Especially offensively, they did yeah. basically nothing. They, they three of their wins were by one, you know, one yeah. or two runs. So mm-hmm. I mean, against those opponents, I mean, it's not great. You know what there was? There was a lot of Oakland first five action, but we still want to uh, <laughs> don't want to flog a dead horse. But you know, I'm just putting it out there. Eight Eddie's in first pitches. The Chicago Cubs at the Chicago White Sox. Kyle Hendricks for the Cubbies and Michael Kopech. We'll go for the White Sox. Lines are minus 110 for the Cubs, minus 102 for the White Sox, and a total of nine. Scott, tight. Yeah, and I think it's warranted because I don't like either of these pitchers pretty much at all. Uh, I know Hendricks has been around for a while, but he pitches the contact, and that has come back to bite him recently. So I'm going to go with the over in this one. I see a lot of runs. I think Kopech is a pitcher that has been fine for the most part, but he allows a lot of home runs, giving up 19 home runs this year. Uh, ZRA at home is basically the exact same as on the road. Been oh, He was good in his last start against the Mets, but before that he was not exactly pitching too well. I like I like the Bellinger props in this game. I'll tell you that much. I think Bellinger's going to have a big a big day. I believe he's batting north of 400 in this month. But I'm going to lean to the over. According to the weather, it should result in a lot of run support uh, with the actual altitude, etc. So I'm going to go with the over in this game. I don't trust either pitcher. They pitched a contact. I could see home runs, etc. Give me the over in this game. Maybe the Cubs team total over because I get to fade the White Sox bullpen as well. But I think the Cubs do well offensively. Future Yankee Bellinger. I doubt it, but he's the we're the favorite to get him, man. Uh, well, yeah, but the Cubs also held on to Ian Happ and Contreras last year for no reason. So I think they're going to keep him and just see what happens. But who knows? That's fair. <laughs> Lord, did you have anything on this one? Uh, I'm with I'm with Scott, man. These teams are both bad. I would probably want to bet against if, if we could bet a draw like like they do in football. I, w- I would bet that both teams don't. I think score. you can. I think you can do that. Well, I mean, it's not possible, though. But... They do. You bet the game to go to extras. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I, mean, like, I, I would just bet, like, if it, was, if it was a football match, I would bet it for just 0-0. Zero, zero. No, no, no. you, you could do it like it's a regular soccer match pre-extra time. Are, are they the good odds? I, I never seen, right I never seen it minutes. before. I never yeah, seen it. that's around. No, I mean, yeah, but uh, both I, I like the over. Um, both te- both pitchers, Scott, like Scott mentioned, allowing a ton of contact. Eight-plus hits for Hendricks in two of his last three He's had exactly five Ks in his last four games, so uh, that's I thought that was kind of neat. If he gets five today, he'll have five five Ks in five straight games. Um, he has allowed six home runs in his last three starts. Um, Kopech's allowed a home run in his last four starts, so both of these guys are a bit erratic. Um, he hasn't went deep, Kopech, that is, hasn't went deep in the games, only pitched over four innings um, once in his last five starts. And if you want to get to that White Sox bullpen, got to give them a little bit more distance. But if they don't, I think the I think the Cubs could have some success against that bullpen. So I lean to the Cubs. Love the over though. Um, yeah, this was hard. It was quite ugly, wasn't it? You could make cases for all sorts of things going on here. My bet is going to be the White Sox in the first five. Um, I like Kopech. Um, He's unreliable, but I do like him. I think there's more in there. Um, and Hendricks hasn't got a great record um, at the White Sox. He's uh, Five starts um, on the road in Chicago, 6.75 ERA. Um, and I'm going to call my shot here. First home run of the season for Tim Anderson comes tomorrow off Kyle Hendricks. Uh, there you go. So we can clip that and play that out on Wednesday when that one's hit. Uh, but yeah, White Sox face five for me. That bullpen is horrible, but I think they can get ahead of Hendricks. Um, I think Hendricks will be hittable in this one. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I want to give a shout out to Rizzo, who actually homered for the first time in like yes. games yesterday. Shout longest, out longest ever spell of his career without a home run. Um, something to do with me putting him in my fantasy team, Scott. I think so. You can have that one on me. Um, the the dry spell, I mean, not the actual home run. I, uh, I I'm responsible for the drought. Eight ten Eastern first pitch is the Cincinnati Reds and the Milwaukee Brewers. Andrew Abbott, left-handed pitcher for the Reds. Corbin Burns for the Brewers. Cincinnati are plus 136. The Brewers are minus 155. Totally a set at eight. Really, really interesting game to handicap this one. Um, Andrew Roberts is five and two on the year with a 210 ERA. Um, there's, a, there's just so much information that you could use here. Two, two of Abbott's last three starts have came against the Brewers. Um, one of them was bad. Uh, four and one third, six earned runs. And then the other one was okay. Six innings, uh, only three hits, two walks, two earned runs. 
And I think that's the more likely scenario here. Uh, Milwaukee and Burns, 9-5, and five, 3.49 ERA. Burns has pitched 14 innings in his last two starts, scoreless. He's time he does two starts ago when they beat Graham Ashcraft, 1-0, one, uh, one to nothing, sorry. Um, the Brewers have also called up Sal Freelich. Uh, I watched a little bit on him today. He looks like a really good player. Does a uh, little bit of everything. And I did like his quote. They asked him what he was going to bring. And he said, a dirty uniform, uh, which I think is a, is a nice attitude. He's going to go and he's going to work hard at South Freely. Um, and the Brewers did have a 29-inning bullpen scorer streak snapped last night, uh, which is pretty impressive as well. Cincinnati put Jonathan India on the trading block. Um, they are in a five-game winning streak, which comes on the back of a six-game losing streak. Uh, hashtag streaky. I think both pitchers will go well here. Yeah. We saw that one nothing game with Ashcraft. This is a pretty comparable game. Uh, Abbott and Ashcraft aren't a million miles away from each other. The eight's too high. Um, I locked up the Brewers and the Reds under last night. I sent the moon off. I would go to the window and take under four and a half. Um, this is a similar situation. Eight's too high. I will take the under, Lonte. Yeah, I'll agree with you on the under. Um, I think if no matter who you like, I think you can make a, a decent case for either side. Um, the Brewers are playing well, um, as well as as the Reds. Um, Brewers have won seven of the last ten. Probably should have won that series against Atlanta. I don't know if you guys watched that, but they were kind of unlucky. And the bullpen some, fell apart. Yesterday. Yeah, uh, that that too. Um, but they've owned Cincinnati. Uh, they've won four straight, and three of those were shutouts. So, I mean, they're pitching well. Uh, Abbott. He's only had two starts versus Milwaukee, four home runs, seven earned runs combined. He got blown up in the first start, but he bounced back really well um, in the most recent meeting. Burns, back-to-back double-digit Ks, uh, K games. He's looking back to form in three starts, uh, two on the road against Cincinnati, seven hits, five earned runs, 26 Ks. So I'm going to go with the better pitcher at home. Give me Burns and the under. You did this to us um, in the Ashcraft sort a couple of weeks ago, Lonte, the exact same <laughs> thing, didn't you? Uh, Scott, <laughs> you did, yeah. Pleased with yourself as well, weren't you? Yeah, I was a little pleased. Yeah, I'm on the under. <laughs> You're on the under, Scott. I can't really go against Burns at this point. He's been really, really good. He's he's back to Cy Young form, and Cincinnati can't touch him. You can argue maybe the third time's the charm, so maybe they'll score one run against Burns this time. But <laughs> he saw your no, tweet, he saw I was your just tweet. gonna say I I can't, go, Sandy. I can't go against him. Burns has been so damn good, and even Abbott's been good. So I think that you're looking at a couple ways to get there. We know Milwaukee's offense isn't great, so even if Abbott has mediocre stuff, Brewers might not capitalize enough. Burns might give up no runs. Like, it wouldn't shock me if once again he goes six innings scoreless, 10 strikeouts. We'll see. I'm on the under. There's a couple ways to get there. 940 Eastern first pitch, the Pittsburgh Pirates at the San Diego Padres. Uh, it is Dick Mountain Day. Pittsburgh have Rich Hill going to the mound. And for San Diego, left handed pitcher, Blake Snell. Um, I haven't seen any lines on this because Pittsburgh were officially TBD. Um, and Scott, you told me that Rich Hill was going. Um, so yeah, no lines on this. And Lonte, do you have much on this at all? Have you seen Rich Hill? Uh, yeah, I'm seeing Rich Hill and Blake Snell. I just don't see a line. Um, I, I would assume that San Diego would be a hefty favorite. I was going to say two and so change. Yeah, I would say I would say so. That's that sounds yeah. about right. I'll probably end up playing him on the uh, on the run line. I'm interested to see what Snell like. This might be his last start um, in San Diego. So. Um, He's pitched well, man. I mean, zero run. Yeah, I think so. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think I think San Diego's too stubborn to blow it up. I think they're. I think they're gonna get him and Soto. I think both are gonna be gone. That is a very hot take. Yeah, I think both of them. I think both of them, man. I think they're gonna blow it up. But uh, Snail zero earned runs allowed. Last four home starts only allowed two hits versus Tampa. One hit versus the Mets. Two hits versus the Cubs. Double digit K's in five of his last eight. Two earned runs or less in his last eleven starts. I mean, I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be able to touch him. Um, he'll ERA has been almost five in his last five starts. Seven plus hits allowed in four of his last five. Four plus earned runs in three of his last five. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to buy into San Diego at all, but uh, I got to take him here um, if the line is is right on the one and a half. 
I know I said I didn't have much, man. Sorry. I did have, I did have much, I guess. <laughs> um, well, I sat here last night talking to Munaf, and it was clipped and put out on Twitter today saying anyone who um, backs San Diego shouldn't be allowed money. Um, I think I was maybe talking out of having just watched them get uh, one hit, or was it three hits, sorry, by Alex Fayedo and the rest of the Detroit Tigers. Um, and then tonight I've gone for a San Diego Padres run line, you know, so uh, another day, another dollar, but it's it's lots of runs off Hill versus not money off Snell. It's not that complicated, Scott. Yeah, I'm just going to go with the Padres' first five-run line. Uh, there's really not much more to add. Snell has been on one of the greatest starting pitching runs I've ever seen, and that's saying a lot. I know he doesn't go much length in the starts, so there is a little bit of a caveat there because I know DeGrom and you want to go way back to Bob Gibson. There's been a lot of very good runs. This is just stupid how good Snell's been for over two months. I, I can't even fully comprehend it. So to read off the ERAs by month, his ERA so far in the month of June, 0.43. His ERA in the month, sorry, that was July. His ERA in the month of July, 0.43 in four starts. His ERA in the month of June, 0.87 ERA. I don't even know what I'm watching anymore. This is just insane how Snell can constantly go five innings, giving up no runs or one run. It's an insane run. I've never seen it. I haven't seen anything like it. Uh, I'm going to go with the Padres' first five run line here. I know the Padres are a psycho team. I don't think Rich Hill's any good, but Blake Snell, I I don't really know what I'm even watching. I, I'm going to go with Snell. I have faith in him to take care of business against the bad offense. Give me the Padres' first five run line. You think they All trade right. Snell? I mean, you think they trade uh, Hader also? I'm, I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah. I, I don't really know what San Diego's going to do, but I actually have the full numbers here. In Snell's last 11 starts, 63 innings pitched, a .71 ERA. What the hell is that? No earned runs. .71 ERA? Yeah. I, I'm just saying, it's crazy how, how good he's been. Are they going to trade Hater too? I don't know what San Diego's going to do. They spent a lot of money and their team stinks. Once again, they're the New York Mets of the West. I don't know, I don't know what they're going to do. So they might blow it up. The Mets might blow it up. They should. I'm not sure if they're going to, but I, I hope so. It ends up in pinstripes. How won't pay for him, but I hope he does. Uh, we'll see. A .71 ERA in 11 starts <laughs> for Snell. Snell was useless for the last year and a half. He's all right. Like he's a he's a nibbler. Is Snell, but yeah, he's been fun. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. A year and a half though, he was terrible, and then he just became he became Bob Gibson. I, I don't know what happened. Didn't he get shelled in the playoffs last year? Was it last? Was it last year? Uh, I'm trying to remember his playoff numbers last year. Oh, last year, I think I think he got shelled in the playoffs because I was only just I was, last year, the first so month pissed. of the season, I was blindly fading him every start. Mm-hmm. The first month in like April, he was terrible, and then he just mm-hmm. randomly became like he has an all time great stretch. I don't know where it came from. Mm-hmm. Nine forty Eastern first pitch is the St. Louis Cardinals at the Arizona Diamondbacks. Stephen Matz, left-handed pitcher. For St. Louis, um, Arizona officially TBD. We reckon it might be Zach Gallen. Uh, no lines, unfortunately, though. Scott, um, I think it was you spotted Gallen. So do you have much more on this one? Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with uh, Gallen on the run line. I'm not going to overthink this one. Gallen, we know, has been very good at home this season. His road numbers are brutal, which might be why he doesn't get the Cy Young, but he's at home. Meanwhile, you're looking at the Cardinals and some people might have considered taking a stance on them being a Cinderella story candidate to make a run because they had won like 8 of 10. And then they lost the last three games against the Cubs and they're right back to where they started. So uh, the Cardinals are not a good team. Nothing has really changed. And I'm going with the Diamondbacks run one. That's really the end of it. Yeah, it's the same bet. I wish it was another team because the, the D-backs are struggling a little bit. They've lost 11 or yeah. 15. But St. Louis, everywhere you look at it, you don't want Mats. You don't want this team on the road. And like you say, they've started uh, losing again. So it just adds up. I think the, the price might be okay, actually, because of the, uh, the the poorer form that Arizona have been in. And that makes me uh, a little bit more, more tempted to take them. So, yeah, it was the same pick for me. D-backs on the run line, Lanty. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you guys. I don't. I really don't have much on this game. Man. I don't have anything. So I'm just agreeing with you. Gallon at home is an autoplay for me. 
Okay, 9.45 Eastern first pitch is the penultimate game on the show between the Oakland Athletics and the San Francisco Giants. Uh, this is off the board, unfortunately, too. Oakland Athletics have Ken Waldichuk, left-handed pitcher, going to the hill. San Francisco, we think it's Alex Cobb. Uh, Giants only finished uh, their catch-up make-up game uh, a couple of hours ago, so sorting their pitching out, getting heading out of Detroit to Oakland. Um, Ken Waldichuk, Two and six, six seventy-five ERA. He's a right old mess. Uh, whether he starts or pitches in uh, long relief, he gives up a little bit of everything as well. It's not one thing that gets the world up. It's just a combination of hits, walks, home, as you name it. He can do it. Um, now the Giants are struggling. They've lost five games in a row. However, six, six. Of oh, course, cool. yeah. Handicap this this afternoon. Yeah, you can add that uh, Detroit counting? game onto that. Who's going? Who's got Scott's counting by the time? If you wanted to get right spot at home to Oakland with Alex Cobb on the mound, is it? Uh, Alex Cobb has a 124 home ERA on the season, um, which is a yeah, four and one record as well. Just a great get right spot for them. The, the Giants on the run line is going to be the pick. They might only have to score four runs maybe to do this. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's going to be my play, but I'm not going to win any prizes for it, uh, Lonte. I can agree with you more. I think it's a great spot for San Francisco. Um, they got we we spoke about them being dominated, 21 to five. That's they got dominated by a team at home who doesn't have any type of home field advantage. Um, they've been real bad offensively, two earned runs and four of the, two earned runs or less in four of the last five. Cobb has been fine if it is him, uh, two earned runs or less in five of his last seven. He's actually not pitched at home um, as much. Seven of his last nine starts have been on the road. Um, no earned runs allowed at home in three of his last four starts. So I think we get a, a great showing here from San Francisco. I like him on the run line. I like Oakland's team total to go under also. Okay, Scott? I'm going to take a spin here with Oakland. Give me Oakland money one in this one. I know that Cobb's numbers are solid at home, but they're very, very good at home. Simply put, I'm assuming the Giants are going to be laying what? Like 210, 220 maybe in this game? 190 as a floor? Yeah, I was going to say 190, yeah. I'm not laying two bucks of the team that's lost six straight. It's just not going to happen. So I'm going to take Oakland. Uh, maybe Oakland plus one and a half because San Francisco might not have to bat in the bottom of the ninth. But I'm not going to be taking a team that's lost six straight laying this price. It's a really bad scheduling spot for the Giants as well because they had a series over the weekend, then a makeup game in Detroit. And now they're flying back to the West Coast. It's a terrible scheduling spot. So with that being said, I'm going to lean to Oakland. I know Walt Chuck's really bad. I'm aware of that. He's not good at all. But San Francisco can't really hit. And once again, with this scheduling spot and what the price should be, I think San Francisco is going to be overvalued because of the actual opponent here, but not based on current form. I'm not laying $2 of the team that's lost this many games in a row. Give me a spin with Oakland. They'll find a way. Um, funnily enough, Scott, when I first looked at this game, I think if it was any other combination of the starting pitches, I wanted to take Oakland. I was like, right, come on, this is a chance here. Um, the Giants are losing. It's a bad spot for them, travel spot, etc. And then I saw the names, and it was just the combination of Waldichuk and Cobb, kind of any other two names, and I might have gone for, for an Oakland. I probably would have gone Oakland first five, let's be honest. Um, but I, I could have done it, but I just couldn't get there with you. But I like it, Scott, because my instinct was, ooh, let's see if we can get Auckland on board. Uh, but I wasn't as brave as you, so yeah, good luck with that one. Last game, 10-10, Cowboy time. Eastern first pitch is the Toronto Blue Jays versus the LA Dodgers. Chris Bassett for Toronto and Julio Arias, left-handed pitcher for the Dodgers. Plus 142 on the Blue Jays, minus 155 on the Dodgers. Total of nine, Lonte, round us out. Yeah, so I don't want to lay that price with um, with Arias. I know the Dodgers have looked extremely well this last week. Um, we mentioned the the margin that they won by in Texas. Um, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go with the over, and I'm gonna go with the Dodgers team total over. They've scored five plus in four of the last five double digits in three of those. They've won seven of the last ten against solid competition at that. Um, especially like it was really impressive what they did to Texas. And if it wasn't for that comeback, it would have been even more impressive. Um, Arias two earned runs or less in his last three home starts. Um, he wasn't too. He hasn't been too good um, since his return. A bit inconsistent. 
but three of his four starts were on the road, so he's going to pitch better at home. I kind of just don't want to lay that big of a number with Urias and him being kind of a wild card. So I love the over here. I think both offenses can have some success. So give me the over and the team total over for the Dodgers. Okay, so lots of runs for the Dodgers here, yeah, Scott. Yeah, I'm going to lean to the Dodgers, uh, like minus 150. Both pitchers kind of similar, really good at home, really bad on the road. And luckily for Urias, he's at home. So I'll go with Urias here. Uh, you're looking at the numbers for Bassett on the road. Once again, they're not great. And I do think that the Dodgers offensively have woken up a little bit. I know Martinez got scratched from, I believe it was yesterday's game. So I am curious if he's going to be available, or maybe it's tonight's game. I'm trying to remember. Uh, the Dodgers play tonight? I'm trying to remember if they play tonight. Uh, they do. So I, I believe Martinez got scratched from Monday's game. So I am curious if he'll be available for the game tomorrow. So I kind of want to wait and see on that one. But I'll back the pitcher that's good at home against the pitcher that's bad on the road. So I'll lean to the Dodgers to get it done. Um, I've gone the other way. I, I couldn't. The, the first thing Lundy said was he didn't want to lay this price with Arias. And I agree. I think he's been rocked too many times to be this short a favorite, minus 155. Um, Chris Bassett's been okay. I mean, minimum, or sort of maximum, three earned runs um, on the road. Toronto are a psycho team, a little bit like San Diego, um, but they'll, they'll turn up every now and again. And I think uh, I like Bassett. Bassett can go well. Um, Toronto hit lefty's not too bad either. So I think at plus 142, um, I haven't taken Toronto very often this season, but I'm going to give them a chance here uh, at, a, at a half decent price uh, to see if they can cause Urias some more trouble. Um, and, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we did it. We got to the end of the card. Um, Scott, I think you should lead us off with your lock and dog picks for this evening. All right. Uh, so for my lock on this one, I was hoping I'd have a line available, but I don't. I only have the full game number. I can insinuate, though, so I'm just going to insinuate. I'm going to go with the Yankees' first five team total over. I mean, uh, team total under, sorry. At mm -hmm. What I'm assuming is going to be two and a half. Uh, Yankees can never hit Verlander, ever, and I think that Verlander will pitch well. I'm not going to overreact to the Yankees performing well over the weekend against Kansas City. I think Verlander is going to, once again, shut down the Yankees. Going to be a low-scoring game in general, but I do think that the Yankees' first five team total under 2.5 against Verlander is going to be a solid play. So I'm going to go with that as my lock. And for my dog, I'm going to go with the Guardians' run line at plus 115. I mentioned Granke's uh, record, or I should say the team's record in the starts. I believe they're 4-17. and Savali's been very good, and even in the last start that Granke had against the Guardians, he didn't pitch well. He gave up 11 hits. He just managed to get out of trouble. Savali's been solid. He was very good against the uh, Royals' last start against them. So for me, I'm going to go with the Guardians on the run line at plus 115 as my dog. Okay, love that, Scott. Thank you, Lante. Yeah, so I'm going to add on to what Scott said about the – I think it was his um, his lock with the team total. Did you go team total under? I went first five team total under on the end. Yes. Yeah, Probably gonna go two and a half. With, yeah, I'm going to go with the full game under. Uh, I think I see, what, eight and a half? Do you see eight I and a half? Eight, I see eight and a half minus 105. So it yeah. actually might cross a nine if you wait a little bit longer. Yeah, but just for show purposes, I'll take the, I'll take the yeah. eight and a half. I think both offenses are going to struggle. Uh, Scott, you mentioned it with Verlander having success against the Yankees, and again, the Mets are hitting one ninety four in their last ten. Herman, I mean, if he gets the right sticky stuff, you know, he'll he'll be fine against against that lineup. I, th I think he'll be able to perform nine Ks in three of his last four starts. Verlander, um, six six innings pitched, he only allowed three hits and an earned run in his start. Uh, against the uh, it's the second start i mean his second game in the two game series um back in june and that series i mean that game that he pitched with under um had four runs scored and i think the seventh or eighth inning to put it um to put it out of reach but yeah i like the mitts and the yankees to go under here i could see a, a two one um three two type of game so i like that as my lock um as my dog i'm gonna go I'm going to go with Cleveland. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You went with Cleveland. I'm going to go with Milwaukee. Minus one and a half at plus 132 uh, on the run line. First team to two wins. I think Milwaukee can get the two first. So give me Milwaukee and Corbin Burns, who's back in Cy Young form after reading Scott's tweet about him being uh, trash along with Sandy. Uh, Lonte's gone back to Corbin Burns again. Um, 
Okay, my luck. I do. I wanted to do something with the Mets and the Yankees on the under, but we can't go. We can't go a three way on the luck. Um, I'll take over in Baltimore, Philadelphia, uh, over nine and a half. Uh, Baltimore will all can score four or five runs every night. Uh, really good offense, absolutely firing at the minute. Uh, Kyle Gibson will give up the same amount. So there's ten. Bosch over nine and a half. Um, and for my dog. I didn't have many, unfortunately. I normally have three or four dogs on the card to choose from, but not tonight. Uh, so we go with Toronto, the last play on the card here. Plus 142. I think they get to a race. Um, and Bassett has been pitching well. Um, so plus 142. Toronto have got a lot of good players in that team. That's a big price uh, for a team who any one night could go and score 10 runs. So I will take the Blue Jays um, there. And, boys, we did it. Um, thank you, uh, Scott. Thank you, Lonte. Thank you, everyone, who joined us in the comments. Uh, really appreciate it. If you haven't done so, uh, you should give it a go. Or get across to the YouTube channel every night uh, and say hello. Um, Scott, anything happening? Are you, uh, you a bit bereft of tennis at the minute, or is there anything that you can get your teeth into? I'm going to have a show later tonight. Uh, the scheduling is going to be really annoying because you have two tournaments in Europe, and then you have one in America so I'm going to have to wait for those lines to end, and that's going to be late, so that's going to be really annoying. But I'll have an episode at some point tonight. I had one tennis play today, which won, which was nice, so it nice. could have been worse there. But, yeah, mostly going to be covering some tennis throughout the week and hoping that you get a low-scoring game in the Yankee game tomorrow. So, uh, Lonte, what you have to do? Yeah, I'm just working on college football stuff, so uh, nothing exciting. Just college football, um, NFL stuff. So I'll be working on that and probably telling you guys picks um, for this, for the events coming up, especially Scott. Yes, good choice. Uh, Women's World Cup for me uh, tonight and then working on the Premier League as well. So um, USA play on Friday, I think. Canada play over the weekend. England play. All the big teams will be covered in the show we're going to record um, in about 10 minutes' time, and that'll be out overnight. on that, by the way? one nothing, Really? One England nothing? were awful. I really wanted to fade them because I didn't fancy them at all. For it was, I just couldn't fade them in that spot, any other team. And I should have done, I should have had the courage of my conviction, Scott. But mm -hmm. they've been playing people out of position. Um, I think they'll change it round. I think they'll go better next time. But no, they were, Haiti were outstanding. Um, I'll get a little window. Uh, Haiti are... Four to one to beat China on Friday, um, which is an incredible price because China are bang average. Haiti wasn't that wasn't a fluke performance. Haiti were really good. Um, there's a four to one dog. Haiti are live uh, on Friday, so uh, there's a little window into the Women's World Cup show coming up. We're throwing out four to one winners like confetti. Um, cheers, everybody. Good luck with all your bets uh, between now and tomorrow when we will be back. Until then, we will see you down the road. Cheers. Mm -hmm.